0: This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. This is How Men Think podcast. My name is Brooks Lyke, and I am a co-host with my man, the myth, a the legend. A hell of a co-host. A hell of a co-host. Thank you, buddy. Mr. And Gavin good DeGraw. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? I enjoy co-hosting. To be here with you. I always say co-host. I view you more
2: like host, and I feel more co-hosty because I like how you lead in. You're so sincere. I just goof off all the time, <laughs> and I really value your perspective.
1: Well, I uh, secretly I do tell people that I host it,
2: but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm happy you do that. I'm happy you do that. But, but publicly, I say I co-host it. <laughs> but I think we're great that together. <laughs> we, uh, we com- That's me. We we have complementary skills,
2: my man. Uh, I feel that way.
1: But uh, you did. I did listen to the one that I wasn't there, and you hosted it. Amazing.
2: And you were like, he needs me now.
1: No, I thought he were, needs me now. It actually surprised me because I'm like, I don't have to do all the heavy lifting here like I always have to do. I can just Yes, you do. No, you just play that way because, you know, I'll do it.
2: I like the way you do your lifting because you exercise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so also here with us, Rick Dimitri,
2: what's what up, up? Good, sir. Hey, what's going
3: on? We're not co-hosts. We're more like the little brother that picked up the other extension and just listened in on the conversation <laughs> and says things. That is not
1: true. That is absolutely not true. You guys are the senior and there, and there statesmen.
4: And up we hang up and, hang up and <laughs> run downstairs
3: and tell mom. You guys are the senior statesmen <laughs> yeah.
1: of the podcast. I agree with that. What do you mean? That's I all I have to say. statesmen? That
2: they're the uh, senior statesmen? I, don't, I are, don't like the term senior, though, because it makes it sound like they're old, and they're not old. Yeah, thank you.
3: Well, actually, we are, we are the older ones. I, well, do they're feel, not, I do
4: feel relatively old.
1: I mean, I have some gray hairs right here. You have gray hairs? It doesn't yeah, look like it, man. You have gray hair. You're
4: going
2: to dye those? Shave those? Yeah, I don't know. Pluck those? i going to get the advice from the wife. clip <laughs> i to
1: get the advice from the wife. Okay, <laughs> dudes, we have a super exciting topic today. I'm actually really, I proposed this to Amy and Danielle, our producers. This was something that's been on my mind, uh, well, really my whole life, but really on my mind, it's sort of come to me and I'm noticing it naturally organically coming to me more and more in the last month to the point where I wanted to have a conversation about it.
2: Why is the sky blue? Is that it?
1: That is not it. What? I don't oh. have the answer okay. for that, but blue is my favorite color. Why are there white clouds in the blue sky?
2: <laughs> now we're on to something.
1: <laughs> Here is the topic, and I'm really looking forward to this, guys. Fatherhood. Yes. Fatherhood. That is the topic of today's podcast. It's been something awesome. That my whole life, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, mm. I believe my greatest destiny and desire in this world is to be a loving husband and a father. And I want to be a good father, a great father. I want to be an amazing father to my kids. And I want to be an amazing amazing husband to my wife. And that's not saying Mm. I'm perfect. That's just saying those are my desirables in life. That's the thing that I value the most. And I've always known I wanted kids, but I've always been like, I'm not ready for it. It's not here yet. It's not the time of my life yet. But now it's started to come to me a little bit more where I'm looking Mm. at, you know, Gav, we've talked about this a little bit. Mm. I'm looking at fatherhood in a different way that I've mm. never looked at it before. So I want to do a podcast on
2: it. Mm. I like it.
1: That's good. So you're thinking, you're thinking you may be, it may be time. Starting to think about it. Yeah. yeah. For the first time, I always, like, for the first time, it's becoming possibly real.
3: Is it because mm. you see Rick, Ryan, and myself, and you're like, I want to be like those guys? Yeah. Or I do. <laughs> well you and you and you and rick yeah (laughs) ryan not so much (laughs) but i must say
1: ryan so it's it's very this podcast is very timely because right now ryan's actually not with us right because his wife is due any day now any day right with their second child
3: and that's a crazy that's a crazy feeling to be moments at any moment you can all of a sudden have another child like brought into this world like He has to plan all these things. He's like, I can't go do the podcast because it's too far away in LA traffic. I can't get back, whatever it may be. That's pretty crazy when you have to work your life around the fact that your child could come into this world at any moment and you're like, I can go to the store, but I can't go do this. I got to be around just in case. And that's where he is right now. And I think that's pretty cool.
2: Can I ask you a crazy question? Yeah, I wouldn't be the first. We throw a wrench in this. Okay. Okay. So you love your wife differently than you love your child, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Second, the child comes out. Who do you love more? Why Why is it
3: competition? Yeah, oh, it's got to be competition. No, you just love them differently.
2: It's really, it's a different kind of love. That's really interesting. Can you love one? Do you you love them equally?
3: You can love them equally, but it's a different kind of love. So it's not even the same scale. So, Hmm. because okay, let
2: me touch
1: on that. You guys both said that I've never heard this concept before. How how do you love your
4: child differently than your wife? What is
1: like? Just unpack that for me
4: for me you're you're taking care of that that person that child, whereas you are taking care of your wife but but she's like a part you fell in love with her like there's there's a a love a trust uh, an attraction um, you know like that's a different type of feeling or a different type of love than you have with your child wow. whereas your child you have a different type of love where you are actually bringing that person into the world and and your job is to make sure they're safe and then teach them Sort of the ways of how life should be. And they how don't. You think it is. Mm. Yeah. And, and they have, at the very beginning, sorry, Dimitri no, no. at the very beginning, they are absolutely helpless. Nothing. I mean, it's a little tiny. They rely on you for everything. Everything. Mm.
3: I'll tell you what, that is, that's something you thought you were motivated by hockey mm. and by that and winning a Stanley Cup. Mm. When you have a kid and you realize that this child is dependent on you and they're going to, they're going to, they're surviving because of you and they're learning from you and everything you do is is you know for them that's that's a motivation like you've never felt that, that's something you haven't felt in, in hockey or so, or anything like that
2: so when you have a kid what is the most what is the most moving element of the hold on my calls <laughs> <laughs> when you have a child what is the most moving element of the birth of the child not the necessarily not necessarily the physical birth of the child but the existence of this new person is it that it's it's in your image is it that you get the opportunity to create a world possibly better than the one you came into through this person uh, is what is there an overwhelming uh, yeah, one particular well, thing that supersedes all other sensations well
4: to make it a little bit lighter i was always thought it was weird while i was in the hospital that drive a car you need to get a permit you need to take a test you need mm-hmm. to have a license to when you you can drink alcohol you have to wait until you're a certain age or mm-hmm. you're 18 you, you're like to have a child you don't need anything right you don't there's no license you don't have to take a test mm-hmm. so when i was in the hospital mm-hmm. it, with the baby i was like if something happens i don't know how to i mean we were reading books and learning how to do cpr and everything but like mm-hmm. you're really like what's what's next you know and mm-hmm. To me, I always kind of thought that was funny or kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I wish there was or maybe there should be some sort of a test that you have to take before you are allowed to have a kid. But, you don't. The so just mm-hmm. I,
3: I agree with that. The problem with that is um, you don't like you're never 100 percent fully prepared to be a parent. Like, mm. it's not like, OK, I, I I know what I'm doing now. I can have a kid and now everything is going to be fine. And it's actually my, my sister um, wrote an article called Birth of a Parent. And she's actually a writing great a title. Yeah. Birth and, of a parent. And she's writing a, she's writing a book too because she said she didn't realize, you know, she just dropped her oldest son off at college. And she said when she left him and he went about it, all of a sudden she felt like there's, there's this whole chapter. And she realized that when you give birth or when, you know, when you become a parent, everything's about the kid, all these mm-hmm. books about what to do. But it's like you don't know how to handle this because you've never done it before. Right. And there's all these things in life that you figure out as you go. And I think the problem with that, I agree with too many people can possibly like, it's, I know you were saying it's funny. You can drive, you have to pass a test to have an automobile. But the thing Mm -hmm. is you're, you're never fully prepared to be a parent because you're learning as you go. Mm -hmm. And, and once you have a kid, it's not like, okay, that's it. I got my license because as each thing happens, you're going to change and adapt to life along with them differently Mm -hmm. because you're both learning different things but you're going to realize a lot of things when when you have a child that you
4: didn't realize that you never thought you'd even think about. Mm. And it's not like when you have a, if you had a boy it's like a little clone of yourself, you know? Like I mean you, you think that, but mm. they could be completely different from what you yeah. want or expect mm-hmm. or are trying to whatever influence in in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So, know?
1: okay, so I have a question. Let's right. go back to the beginning of this. So, I'm starting to feel to actually feel drawn towards fatherhood. Mm. I'm looking at that real seriously. Yeah. What does that look like? Like, am I, am I, Gav, we've talked about this. Am Mm -hmm. I a good enough person? Have I done enough work and personal development to be able to be a good enough resource to bring a life into this world? And I don't know if you're ever, nobody who's ever ready or qualified, whatever that, but am I, do I feel that I'm, confident enough to become a father Mm. in your general because you guys have kids rick you have two kids dimitri you have four ryan's about to have his second how did you guys before you were fathers the first time were you at a stage in life because a lot of our communities probably in this area where they're looking at kids um were you ready did that feel ready were you never ready like how did the transition to becoming parents come for you
3: we were so Did you my, talk about it with your my, spouse? my wife and I had talked about it, and we were like, "Okay, we're at the point in our in our lives and in our marriage where we're we're, we're ready to have kids." How we, long
1: at this point? How long
3: have you been married? We had been married. Um, boy, I'm blank. Okay, we we've been married four years. Okay, yeah, um, and we were like, "So I guess between three and four, because I think she was born. Uh, my daughter was born around the fourth year." But so it was around that time, and we thought, "Okay, we, we we're ready. Okay, we think we're ready. This is what this is the next step we want to take." So we did. And then um did everything that you normally do, you learn what you learn, you go to the classes and you know, and you think okay. And then man when when my daughter was born there was a terrifying moment because all of a sudden you're like, well I, there's no margin for error. Like I can't screw right. this up. Um and, but but that's what I'm saying, but you learn, you know, as you go and and I'll be honest, I feel like My my first daughter, I feel like she almost knew that we were first time parents. I
2: think I think first time first kids, I think they know I got this diaper thing. You guys.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She's like, why don't you guys take a nap? I'll drop a deuce in a little while after you get up. (laughs) But it was like she I think she she knew and she took it easy on it because we were learning. And and those things that you're terrified about. There were some moments where we're like, holy crap. But it just it just Mm. worked out. Rick, what about you? did Did you talk about with your spouse? Was there a moment
1: in
4: your life, where were you always ready to be a dad? Were you never ready to be a dad? Yeah, I don't know if I was if we were always ready to be a, you know to be a dad. You know, I think there definitely was a time when I hit. I was thirty two when I had my first kid, uh, but my wife and I were married for four years before we had our first son. Mm. Um, and it was I think those are conversations that we had before we even got married. You know, like when you're dating and you're hanging out with that person, it was like, hey, you know, I want to have kids. Like my dad was a pediatrician. So we were always, he was awesome, awesome in taking care of us, but also yeah. and a bunch of other people's within the community. Um, and so it was a very, I always just always had this kind of inclination of like how to raise kids yeah. in my, my upbringing. And so I was always excited to have a child. Uh, I don't know if you're ever ready. I think to Dimitri's point is once you actually take the child home and then they're a little baby, you're like what do we do now? And, and you start kind of figuring it out. But, um, we were excited and yeah, we were, we were ready. I mean, we were, um, I think we were about 30, about
2: four years before or after we were married. Mm-hmm. So we had a kid.
1: Gav, do you think in your life you want kids?
2: Oh yeah. No doubt. You know, it's funny <coughs> because, uh, <laughs> I have a dog, only a dog. I didn't want a dog. I found a dog. And, uh, Or he found you. He found me, and my life is way richer with my dog. You know what I mean? Yep. Than it was without my dog. Um, I can't imagine how much more fulfilling it would be to have a a person, you know, like my own kid. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm feeling that.
1: Do you have any idea how many you think you'd want?
2: Um, Have you given that any? All of the babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> All the you babies are, You are difficult yeah. <laughs> well, I, think, well, I, th- I think you know When you see families that have a lot of kids It seems now this is just Just me not knowing anything about it um, It seems like it would be easier The second Once you have kind of more of them Because they sort of help you raise the other ones For sure Do you know what I mean? Well they gotta you have know, like I, a 10 you age. Know, ten you know age it's one thing that, to have one or yeah. two It's another thing to have like five well, now you got an oldest kid who's helping with the chores and helping with this and that with the other kids. I mean, it's sort of. So it may sound silly, but no, it, I was it the last of like five. You're, yeah. you're yeah. raising, you're, you're, raising helpers. You know. Yeah.
4: Brooks, so. let me ask you: What's your biggest, not concern, but what's your biggest kind of nerve wracking moment of of entering fatherhood or thinking about entering fatherhood?
1: S- so my whole life, I. you you guys know this as a professional hockey player so i wanted to be able to commit fully to that Mm -hmm. and in doing that through a large part basically through my 20s my entire 20s i didn't have any sort of personal life had no connection had no personal life really um and i knew that that would or i'd hoped that that would come later down the line and i always told myself i'd probably be i figured i'd be 35 before i'd have kids um at 35 you're on the tail end of your career most Mm. likely Um, And I wanted to have enough space in my life to devote that space to being the type of father that I wanted to be. So I didn't Mm -hmm. think I could do that in my 20s while I was devoting all this time to hockey, which is what selfishly, full transparency, selfishly, I fully wanted to do. I needed to do that for myself. Sure. And so now that I'm 36, um, I feel I do have the space in my life. Uh, but now it's, it's also a new time for me. Now I'm not an athlete. I'm not playing hockey. So what does life look like now? There's still a uh, figuring out process of a new identity for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And also with my wife, like our relationship, it's a new identity for our relationship as well. Um, what's my biggest fear? I don't know, just, just bringing a life into this world. And yeah. I'm also really curious to, like, I know there's going to be an immense amount of blessings, like, I, I played with teammates, had guys come to the rink, some of the toughest guys I've ever known in the world come to the rink, and they tell you the story about when their daughter was born yesterday, and they, they break down crying. Right. Mm. Because it's they're like, your life changes the moment that life is born. And, and mm. like, men, I believe, have massive hearts. Like, mm. they just do, and, I, and I've seen it. Um and my, my concern is just like, are we together ready to bring a life into this world? There's no going backwards from this. Right. right. There's no going backwards from this. Are we ready to bring this life into the world? And then a question that I do have is that we talk about the blessings all the time. But what does what life individually for myself, for my wife, and our relationship look like when we have this kid? Mm-hmm. And it's a question I want. Like, what is it? It's not, it's not a negative, like, what does having a kid cost you? Like, I haven't explored that. I, I know it's going to m- give me blessings, but what things are, am I going to sacrifice or lose in, our, in my life and my relationship? That's what mm. I want to ask yeah. you guys. Yeah. You're,
4: you're going to lose about 45 minutes of squats.
1: <laughs> that's what you're gonna lose. <laughs> and still be in better well, shape than the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, you're gonna crush
4: it. Okay? <laughs> so sleep, like like sleep, so,
1: I, everybody says you're you gonna get used to not sleeping. Like, is that yeah, you know what that's, that's, like,
3: that's the that's thing that thing that people say. And to me, to me a big deal but i think it's become such a an, an overblown thing you adapt to it look i mean i don't know what you you know, what you you sleep now but it's like that's the thing thing that everyone always goes to through get ready to to used used to not sleeping sleeping like yeah yeah Well, you, you adapt to it. Like, I know sleep is important. We've talked about that, but that to me, like, that's fine. You, your life is going to change. But the fact is that if your wife and you are both on that same page and you're like, we're taking this step together, it's going to be fine. Like, yeah, your life is going to change. You're not going to go out on uh, any random night all the time. You're not going to, maybe you'll, who you hang out with, you'll have different things in common. So you might adapt more to a different group. Your life will change like that, but it's not because you're being forced to. You, you having this discussion alone means that you're processing this. And so you'll, you will be ready when that happens and you will be, you will accept that Whatever your life is that you make it, there's no rules. It's not like, oh, you're, you have a kid, you go out one night a month. It, that's not it. You, you'll make it work. It depends on your support system, mm-hmm. if you have family in town mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's, that's all if something you, you work at. Like can,
4: yeah. can the family sure. afford a The sitter? other thing I was going right. to say is you want to sacrifice whatever you can for that child. So you're willing to sacrifice sleep. You're willing to give up your night out. You're willing to get because you want to be with that child or you want to, That I mean, it's your job to raise that child. And you want to be with them. You know, it's not like you're just there. Not, you're just not a worker. I can you know, sim- like you're can, there because you want to be with
2: them. Can I simplify it? I don't go out most of the time anymore because I like hanging out at the house with my dog. Yeah. That's really weird. I imagine if you have a kid, your own kid, you're like, yeah, I'm not going out. I love hanging out with my kids. Yeah, my baby. For you sure. You know what I mean? You just want to be at the house with, C- your, with your kid. Can I tell you guys you know? a story on this? And my dog, I, I, we don't even talk. <laughs> He knows no <laughs> commands. Come on. Zero commands. <laughs> We've heard you talk to him. Can us. I tell you a cool story? I on this?
3: little
1: buddy. This just happened. So, Dimitri and I just had lunch downstairs. Yeah. And Dimitri was telling me a story because we were talking about this fatherhood podcast. And Dimitri was telling me the story how he, the other morning was super chaotic, super chaotic. Whatever's going on at the house, whatever. He's like, I just got to get these kids to school and drop them off, yeah. and then I can be alone for a second. And he said, when he was dropping his kids off at school, he just had a thought like, I'm going to miss my kids. I'm not going to see them for a couple hours. Wow. And that's a routine day of Mm. school. And I look up to that and respect that so much that he dropped his kids off at school and he loves them so much that he's like, I don't even want you to go because I'm going to miss you that Mm. much. I told you that in confidence. Powers. No, yeah. I'm kidding. But yeah. that's I love yeah. that no. man. Like I love that. You, I have and I have more respect I for that great. than anything else in the, the world. And that's the thing. It's like
4: you're yeah. working your tail off in the morning trying to get four kids out the door, and it's you probably had like maybe a half a cup of coffee. But at the the second you drop them off, you're like, dang, I want to be with them. Yeah, it, that's and how that's the love that we were talking about at the beginning. Right. Of the show. And that's exactly
3: yeah. what happened. It was it was. I was like, I got to get. Them. I just got to get them there. And is literally as I'm pulling away from the school, I was like, man, like. I miss him. I like. I want to. I, I have to mm-hmm. wait a few hours to see him again. And I thought, man, what? Like, why was I so concerned with like getting him there by eight twenty or this yeah. and that? It's like, and and I had a flash to an overall picture of life, and I was like, man, I bet you there's people that are like, why did I rush through all these years? Now my kids graduating high school. Like, where did that time go? Mm-hmm. And That's the
4: other thing is I feel like there's different stages that are both good and bad. You know, at the beginning, right. you're not getting sleep because they're a little baby. They're waking up every two hours to get fed, and you're like, oh, this sucks. And you know, I think there's other challenges at different stages of their life. Mm. You know, obviously there's the walking and then them falling and then riding a bike and they're falling and, you know, mm. skin, knees and whatever. And then uh, they get mm-hmm. older in their teenage years and then it's and they're falling. Oh, yeah, they're, they <laughs> fall a lot. Falling. No, <laughs> right. in their teenage years. And then it's, you know, puberty and girlfriends and boyfriends. And then it's like they're driving a car. And like to me, those are bigger problems than waking up every two hours to feed your baby. -hmm. Like, that's when, uh, to me, life becomes serious. It's like, okay, yeah, am I going to let my son who just got his driver's license, 16, drive to San Francisco and drive over the Golden Gate Bridge? And, you know, like, that's scary to me right now. I mean, at the time, it won't be. I'll be like, yeah, here are the keys. Get the hell out of here. Right. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, (laughs) I want to dig more into this. I I appreciate your guys' insight on this. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Back from break, this is How Men Think. I am Brooks Like, and we're here with Gavin, Rick, Dimitri, and Ryan is expecting the birth of his second boy, I believe. Which I, I understand he's
3: naming Brooks. I don't think he'll. No, ever probably name. not. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, just before break, Rick, you had touched on like different stages of life. Um, and one thing that just popped in my brain over break was I remember asking my dad, my dad. Us, my parents took us camping and fishing all the time growing up. And it's left an imprint on our hearts. We have so many memories from it. My brother and sister and I all to this day camp, fish. Like, we love the outdoors because of our childhood and that our parents shared with it. And I asked my dad the one time, I was like, you're in the boat with three kids under the age of nine or seven, whatever it is, and you're baiting hooks left, right, and center because we're catching fish and bait's falling off. And I was like, did you ever get like annoyed with that? Like, that you didn't get to fish. And he goes, no, Brooks. You know what's the most honest thing I can tell you? He goes, I knew it was a stage of life, and I'd never be here again. Uh, you, You huh? guys would eventually grow up where you could bait your own hooks, take your own fish off, and you would never need me to do that again. And I always remembered that, how appreciative he was of stages of life that you talk about like a kid in a diaper. Like, changing a diaper could be a chore that you might hate but that kid's n- maybe you guys are like no you haven't changed the diaper yet that is a stage you're dying to get out of but <laughs> a little stages bit of, of life can you guys talk about stages of life because your kids are now a little bit older you've been through a couple
3: stages like what does that look like number one that's a that's a pretty great story that that because i'm sure that happens a lot but the fact that you went and asked him about it and then he responded no it's fine or you know it's fine because this is Like, I don't think a lot of people get to see that part of it, even though it probably happens a lot. I know there's a lot of stuff that that I think that I do for my kids, and it's like sometimes it's all right just to sit back. It could be my favorite thing in the world, but seeing them do it, even if I don't get to participate, is pretty great. I went to, my daughter started playing fifth grade basketball the other day, and she's been playing soccer and stuff like that, but she never wanted to play basketball. Basketball was my favorite sport. And I went there, and I walked in, and I saw her, and I just, it was a few minutes before pickup, and I just watched her play. And, it, man, it, it was so weird to have, like, emotions watching her play a sport that I loved. Mm-hmm. But it's like, because I used to love playing it. But it was like, just, there was something about it. Just, this is your kid, and they're doing something that you know brought you great joy. And it's like, and you're seeing them, and you're like, that's, that's pretty amazing. So I understand that when he, when he says, I didn't mind not doing it, because, you know, that's something that's not going to come back. And you can, to help kids do something is, is pretty great.
4: Yeah, and I think a, a little different side of that brooks is is like i've taken my kids out fishing and we've sat on a boat and i've baited the hooks and i've done all that stuff and i think it's also kind of there's a test to it you know a little bit so like teaching them how to do it and then seeing if they can do it themselves but also watching them do it like you're teaching them how to do it properly in yeah. theory yeah so and then they're like you know a lot of times the kids are like no no, no i know how to do it I, know, I got it you know especially like a 13 year old So oh, dad get out of the way you know i know how to do this and you're like okay go ahead so, like, part of it's also like kind of throwing them out there and letting them <laughs> fail. Yeah. yeah. And being like, yeah, nice, nice fish you caught, buddy. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and, you know, you wouldn't be so snarky about it. But it's also like letting them go through that, that learning path or lack thereof to actually then turn around and be like, Dad, you know, that knot that I tied that knot that you showed me. Like, mm-hmm. that to yeah. me yeah. hits the heart. And that's yeah. what I, that's what I love.
1: It's, um, this is completely different. And I, it's just the world I live in. So we have, we have a not-quite-two-year-old husky yep. dog. And our dog trainer gave me some great advice. She's like, you don't want his obedience. You want his devotion. You don't want him mm. to just follow commands right. because then he can't think for himself. Mm. And so with our dog, and that's one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, is like, I get to teach this young mind, if I have a child, I get to teach this young mind the world. Like they they need to learn to say please and thank you. They don't know that. Like we right, didn't know that. Right. Our parents taught us that, or or um, just like t- what a dog is, or show yeah. them the ocean for the first time, or anything like that. Like I get to share the world and expose this mind to the world, and that's something that's been on my brain a lot. But mm. I also want to let them think. Correct. I want to like expose them to things, and one of the that's I think one of the things I'm most excited about is. Exposing this new child to things in the world and
2: watching how they perceive it. And then making the child listen to how men think. <laughs> and, <laughs> and
4: no, to be honest with you, and, and they won't <laughs> say thank you. And they won't, there'll be times where they will not yeah. say please. And yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, right. what is wrong with you? You know, like sure. I taught you that, you know, or mom did, or you yeah. know, you need to, you know, and it's the times where you're not there and your friend comes up to you, you know, and he's like, hey, you know what, your son. He was awesome today like he shook mm. my hand it was a firm handshake mm-hmm. he was so sweet he said please he said thank yeah. you and it's like when you're not there that's the part that really touches me where it's like dude yeah like you've we taught him right like right for yeah we
1: were, we were i was that's just sick. at a family reunion my mom and dad just celebrated their 45th wedding anniversary wow and i sat down with my sister and brother-in-law and their three kids my nieces or my niece and twin nephews Callie, Alex, and Rhett, and they ordered their meal. They're like, I'd like the chicken fingers, please, and thank you. And the next Aww. one said, I'd like the blah, 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 please, and thank you. And the next one, all three of them said mm. it. And I was just like, wow, like yeah. your kids are. I was so impressed it was like you mm. clearly that's a taught behavior mm-hmm. and their kids at a restaurant at a public place knew to be polite and all three of them said please and thank you that's amazing that is great beautiful but I was blown away what's it like when you what's it like when you share something like that or you teach your kids something like that like you just touched on it Rick but like what are some of your favorite things that you guys have personally shared or taught your kids
0: <sighs>
1: for my dad and I it was hockey and yeah. fishing those were two things we really bonded over Really bonded over. We're hockey and fishing.
3: I mean, I, I don't know. I, especially with four kids, I think there's a lot of different things. <laughs> it gets just, a little blurry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's just. But that restaurant example was 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 good. And it's like when my kids are polite. When uh, we got one day, we got an email from a teacher at school, and she said, "Listen, I just want to let you know that um, your daughter did something that we, myself and the other teacher, deemed was exceptional." She noted we have a little time where we go around in a circle and we say something, whatever you're thinking. And she said she noticed that there was another student who had been a little whatever. And he had made at some point he made a point that he wanted to be better about something with himself. Maybe was talking when he's not supposed to or something like that. And she took her turn to say, hey, I just want to say that I noticed that you did that that you're, that you're making an effort to do that and, and that it's working. And I just wanted to give you a little, you know, support for that, that ah. it's noticeable. Wow. Great. And so they were like, the fact that this, this was fourth grade at the time, they said the fact that this fourth grader took their turn to point out to another classmate that, that supporting him, that they noticed something that he was working on for himself. Uh. They said, we just wanted to make sure that you knew. And so that I was floored by that. Like mm-hmm. I, wow. I should have, like I wanted to print out that email, but you don't, because you don't hang out. Tons of things. You don't hang everything on the wall. But I was like right. and that was a personal thing. But I was like that to me was that's like a lot. Damn, that's pretty great. So yeah. Is or the a deal? child
2: that you love more than the other children.
3: You know, it depends on the day, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that's great a good answer. point, because listen, we're making everything sound so fairy tale here. It's like, by the way, kids can be a pain in the ass too. it. Not oh, everything's yeah. easy. Not everything. I mean, is there anything cuter than a kid tell, making up their own knock knock joke? Yeah, because it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> When a kid's like, knock, knock, who's there? And they're like, peanut butter. I like peanut butter. It's like, that's not a joke. So they do some things. And I listen, just because you're a parent, <laughs> you suck at
2: this. just because you're
3: a parent does not mean well, that you you're immune. Being a parent. It doesn't mean that you're immune to things like being annoying. So don't get this. We're not sugarcoating everything here. Like, it's tough, man. There are times when you're like, oh, my kid's annoying me.
2: But I mean, that happens. I have a question for you guys. Knock, knock, who's there? You're a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you heard that one? <laughs> we'll trade family for new family. <laughs> so here, here's
1: a serious question. This is a, this is a serious question because um, my mom and I are very much alike. My mom and I are like ev- like visually, genetically, like my mom and I are very much alike. And then my brother and sister are more alike my dad in personality, vis- like, like physical, all of that. Um, it's very easy for me to connect to my mom. And my dad and I connect through doing things, through sport or through hockey or yep. fishing. Um, as a parent, do you find that it's easier to connect to one of your kids than one of your other kids? Do you connect to them all the same? Is it different? Like, Is it just easier with one? You just they, You get them or they get you... And it's difficult to connect to another. No,
4: kid. like I, I think at, at, at again at different stages, there are times where it's hard. You do connect with one versus the other. But looking at how they're thirteen and ten right now. Like we both, we all get along. Like we all connect in, in our certain ways. Um, and with my son, it's through athletics and it's through watching sports and playing sports and riding bikes and fishing. And with my daughter, it's skateboarding and and it's jokes. And you know, we I don't can't say that there's one versus versus another. I think maybe. Later on, as they get older, like in their 20s or 30s, is when I'll be like, "Okay, yeah, I'm more like my daughter or or whatever, you know, whereas right now, I think we share a lot of very common. We're all kind of in the the mix of everything right now, the the family. And so, no, I don't see that.
3: It's funny. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because people say, like, how how do you like how do you not favor one over the other? It's like just because they came from they may have the exact same parents. I mean, look at your siblings, whatever each child has something different that's that's special about them and so i connect with my kids on with different things you know one may be sports one may be you know jokes one may be just that they're uh, super sensitive so it's like each child is different and you will and you will appreciate that special thing that each of them has so it's never like it's never like oh that's why parents that are like, well, why don't you do this like your sister? It's like, because they're not them. Oh yeah. Like they're their own person. And, and, and you will, I think you'll recognize each individual characteristics that are special of that child and you'll connect on that. And that's why it's not, it's not, how do you not love one more than the others? Because they're just different and you love them each individually.
4: That being said, Brooks, I will say my wife is really into rap music and my son is really into rap music. Yeah. And I can't listen you can't to that music. There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can kind of get there, but not like on that level. You know, what? not I, on that level. I have a
1: brother-in-law. <laughs> like I, I watch, I watch people closely, especially like fathers, especially now because this is present on my brain. I, I, I watch yeah. teammates that were fathers. Um, I watch them closely, and my brother-in-law Michael has uh, a 15-year-old boy, our our nephew Aiden. Um, and what I appreciate about Michael is Michael will get into whatever Aiden's into. So it's not, it might like, uh, they just came to LA to visit us and went to this concert called Suicide Boys and it's this weird music that I've never heard and Michael's never heard it but he got an outfit for it, they got tickets for it and they were going to go and jump in the mosh pit and Michael was going to do this with, and did this with Aiden and it's something that I respect is that I asked him about it, I'm like, how do you do that versus just dropping your kid off and say, I'll pick you up after. He's like, I want to be into what my son is into. So even if it's not my thing, it matters to him. And so if it matters to him, it matters to me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so powerful. I was like, wow, that's versus just looking at the world through your lens. Okay, you do your thing. I've always loved watching parents Mm -hmm. that engage and play and do things with their kid versus just parent.
3: Yeah. By the way, if you don't find that common ground, if you don't meet in the middle, like, oh, it's I don't like it, but he likes it. So I'm going to give it a try. That's going to that that's going to widen. And as your kid gets older, there's going to be more stuff that he likes yeah. to do that you don't like to do. Right. And then you then you're going to be like, well, why aren't we close? Yeah. Mm. Yep. And and I, I as a parent, I can tell you, you don't want that. You you don't want to grow up and be like, oh, my kid doesn't want to be with me, or I don't understand my kid. Start start you know make that effort, find that middle ground. You may not like it. You may go to the concert, the Mosh Pit, and hate it. But you know what? The kid's going to notice that you did it. <laughs>
1: Back from break, we're talking about fatherhood. Fatherhood, I love this show, guys. This has been awesome. And we now have friend of the show here with what us. Up. What's up, guys? What's up, brother? He's yeah, in the house. Yes. And on, on the break here, just asked a
0: fantastic question. I'm like, dude, you got to come on and ask that. So, so I have three kids. Three kids. How old? Eight, six, and four. Two girls and a boy. Awesome. So I was wondering, as I'm listening to you guys chat, you know, one, one thing that's come to mind with me is my kids are getting a little bit older now, and you start thinking about kids that are bad influences on your kids so Mm -hmm. what do you guys think about that
4: i'm going i'm going through that right now yeah i mean there's Mm -hmm. definitely um you just honestly speaking you just got to let them make the mistake and and then have that talk with them i mean you you want to as they walk out the door you you can't be like you i don't think you can necessarily control who they're going to hang out with Mm -hmm. you can to some extent but you got to as I go through this mentally, I'm like, okay, I just got to let it him stub his toe. I, mm-hmm.
3: I agree with that, but I, I will hedge the bet a little bit uh, myself and I will have a conversation with my kids. And if they're, if I know they're going or they're hanging out with someone that's, I mean, mine are, mine are your age, except I have one that's 10. So 10, eight, six, and three. Um, but it's like, sometimes I'll be like, listen, this, maybe this happened at school or, you know, I just think about that. You know, I just, I'm not, telling you you do what you want to do but i want you to just think about you know what you're doing and, and how that might affect other people or some just kind of plant the seed you know leave the thinking up to them because then at least they're not going into hanging out with the other kid or whatever situations it is blind and like not thinking about repercussions it's like listen this you know i know you like this girl in your class she's nice and you guys are friends but it's, i don't know if she's necessarily the nicest to some of the other kids And, you know, think about think about if someone was picking on your little brother or on your little sister or something like that. Keep that in mind when you're doing this, because when you're hanging out with her, because there's someone on the other end that may be feeling the results of this. So just think about that. And I'm not telling you you can't hang out with her, but I want you. So and I'll plant the seed that they can whatever it is that and then they'll, you know, maybe they'll make that decision. That's that's at least what I do.
4: The other thing I was going to say is where my son's (laughs) now he's hanging out with, you know, with a with a friend. And the friend's good, but the parents and the parents are good, but you know, they're big drinkers. And they've got an open bar at the house and it's a pretty common social area where everybody hangs out. We go over there. But being thirteen, I'm concerned about that later, you know, now or even later on, where it's like, Hey, I'm over at what's his name's house and you know, my parents are gone. Let's you know, my dad I know where my dad keeps his vodka. You know, and like that part starts to creep in on me. And I do to your point, Neil, or your question is think about do we let him go over there? You know, where are the parents when he's over there? You know, you start.
1: So you'll equally think about the parents
2: versus just the kid. Yeah. Or
4: in- influence on yeah. that. Yeah. Correct. Hold on. Hold on.
2: How old are you when you had your first beer, or your first drink?
4: I'm 45 and a half and I'm going to go downstairs and try my
2: first one. Uh i mean really i mean you know i mean i mean we were we were all kids right i mean and and i certainly i wouldn't i wasn't the worst kid but i certainly wasn't telling everybody no don't don't do that you know and i mean I i remember you know drinking beers at 13 and you know Breaking a breaking into a place with my buddies and <laughs> you know what I mean crowbarring the lock off of the fridge <laughs> well, a fridge, city bus, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, and you know, I think just that's kids, you know, doing that thing. And you know, you can try to restrict it all you want. The fact is, the kids. This sounds like crazy talk because I don't have kids that I know of. So, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, so it sounds like crazy talk. But the more you restrict it, the the more you're going to be surprised, I guess. The fact is you can try to remove the alcohol from the equation all you want. But if you don't, it's almost like you need to have a space where they can have a beer at the house. Otherwise, they're going to go. Break into something like I did with my friends to go have a beer. Now that's two real offenses. You know what I mean? So correct, right? You know, then you, then you get caught. You know, you may go to court. You know, so it's almost like uh, just have a beer in the basement. You know, of uh, the house with your couple of your buddies. Well, well and I, I think this is a very good topic
4: for another show too. Is is it sounds crazy? Drugs, alcohol, I mean, that yeah. kind of stuff. But I think to my to my point to Neil was like, we're not trying to stop it, and we're not gonna stop it. It's it's a worry that creeps into a parent's mind. Yeah. 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 Totally. Sure. No. That's, no. I, no yeah, I, I, yeah.
2: I, I I totally understand that. I'm just I'm just pointing out. Um, I I think that when you overly restrict something, you create a larger perversion for it and a larger desire for it. I so agree. when you're young and can't drink, you just do drugs. So you know the if you don't make the beer available uh, for them to crack open a six pack with three of their buddies. It'll be way easier for them to just go buy a joint. I mean... The, you know what I mean? Right. Go get some drugs. You don't know what's in that. So, you know, you do know what's in a can of beer. And as far as knowing what's in something versus not knowing what's in something, it's a safer choice. That sounds like crazy talk. No, I understand
3: but. what you're saying. And I think it's a matter of of communicating with them. I think it's a yeah. matter of... Like, I I got a buddy who doesn't show his kids any TV show that has, like, bad language in it. I'm not going to, like, not show my My yeah. kids will watch it and I'll be like, listen, that... A lot of people don't like that word. That's not necessarily something you want to use. Right. But I'm not going to not show them. So stuff yeah. like that. It's like yeah. I'm not going to pretend that alcohol yeah. doesn't exist. I'm yeah. not going to pretend that people don't drink it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a matter of just talking. If, the more yeah. you communicate, then they're going to feel comfortable. If they're like, hey, I was over at my friend's house and you know, he went into the bar and I tried something. The, it's, it's gonna, you're right, Gavin. That's going to happen. Kids yeah. are kids. But what you don't want is you don't want your kid doing that and then feeling like he can't tell
4: you about it. Or to be so mad. I, I totally or or agree with if you. you find out and then have you know like yeah, he's probably not going to tell you. Here's here's you a know, question.
2: There's, there's here's a question. Can I? May I? Yeah. So these are all valid concerns from all you guys because you have kids to worry about in that capacity, right? Um, but at what age would you consider having a beer with your kid?
3: I remember my dad had a. He gave me. I got my first taste of beer from my dad. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but I certainly was not old enough that I was like, you know, I don't remember. I think I had, I
1: think I had first p- days at like nine at a ball tournament. That's kind of what yeah, like. I was thinking. Yeah, oh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: But, but then, don't yeah, you, but don't like you think? Yeah, but like a sip or having a beer No, with just them. a sip. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was yeah. like,
1: can but, I try that? He's like, yeah. I, I vaguely right. have this weird remember, like right. memory of it.
2: But don't you think that by him making, by the parents making it permissible in the house to have a beer with them or have a couple sips with them at the dinner table at, say, 15 years old, it removes sort of that mystery of it and kinda removes some of the quote unquote cool for sure from it. So they're not going overboard when they finally get alone with their buddies. With a case of beer or whatever, like eh, whatever. I already kind of do this with my old man, or I had to be with my yeah. mom at dinner anyway. It's not yeah. It's and like so, when you when you get sure, to the point crazy, where you get to you know? where you
4: get to go to college, and then your freshman year, you're just and they overdo out of it, they end up in yeah.
2: the hospital. Yeah. These yeah. kids you're down you know a what bottle I mean? of
3: Southern Comfort and you start throwing and up. And that's what ha- that's what's happening. But yes. we've talked about this in Europe. There's no drinking age, right? And kids don't wait to be 21 or wait to sneak it. And well, oh, well, I guess there is, but they but they don't. They don't go like hog wild, like I can't wait to like the stage. They just they grow into it and they and they have a glass of wine at home with with the family.
2: I think we over restrict them here and because we were restricting them for so long we create we create an absolute beast out of it, you know, unnecessarily. Because we're just trying to restrict, 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 restrict.
3: We should be restricting homemade knock-knock jokes. That's what we should be restricting. <laughs> You're a bad dad. I, I have a couple
1: questions uh, for you guys. Just, and just give me your one to two sentences. Your, your just give it to me short here on this. I want to – the most important answer so this doesn't drag on. But some real interesting questions for you guys. Um, Neil, I'm going to start with you. So you have three kids. What is your
0: biggest fear about being a parent? That's a tough one. Um, I mean, I think that goes many levels, right? But for me, it is making... <laughs> for me, it's making certain that my kids are making the right decisions. And so if if I can help them and influence them in the one, one direction that I want them to go in and something that I realize I did something very wrong and they went down a completely wrong path, that's a big fear for me.
1: Gotcha. Wow, thank
3: you for sharing that. Dimitri? I think it would be that it's not a to me. It's not about being like right all the time and it's not about having them follow the way I want them to be. My biggest fear I think would be that I'm not there for them or they feel like I wasn't there for them. So if they, if they, I want them to know that they can always come to me, that, that, that I'm always there for them. Mm. And I don't want them to ever think like, oh, not dad let me down. Like he didn't take us to the park. when we were, but, but dad let me down because he wasn't, he wasn't there for me when I needed him. He needed to talk and I needed to talk and he wasn't there. Mm. Or I turned to other people because I didn't feel I could go. I, I don't want that. Yeah. That, wow. that to me, that would be a failure.
1: Rick, what's your biggest mm. fear about being a parent? And by the way, I credit to all you guys for sharing this stuff. This is real stuff. So that's why I wanted to have this discussion. So Yeah.
4: You. No, I mean, my biggest fear uh, is losing a child. Wow. That would be my yeah. biggest fear. Oof. Yeah. So yeah. you have the protection umbrella always in the back of your mind. Right. And you realize it, you sort of you're helpless at some point, you know, at some point when they grow up and they're doing something, regardless of the age, you know, that uh, losing somebody like that would be that's my biggest fear.
3: I mean, I, I think out of pr- probably you're absolutely right. I think out of. Probably fear. I think I completely blocked that out of my mind altogether. It, right. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. on That is but the worst, yeah. but it yeah. doesn't pop yeah. yeah. into my yeah. mind because
2: well, yeah. it's that severe that you try not to even think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: You, you try not to think about it for sure. Gav, what about you? Cause I mean,
1: you said you want to be a dad, but you're not. What yeah. would be your biggest fear about becoming a father?
2: Man, all, I mean, all of the above. All of the above. I mean, there's, there's clearly, it, it, there's an endless amount of things to worry about. Clearly, right? Um, I, and it's funny because you spoke about your dog, your dog trainer, saying it's not necessarily about the discipline; it's about them not having them think. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, I see that kind of from all of you guys are sort of trying to deliver that same sort of uh, uh, leadership with your with your kids and you can't help obviously, but be concerned about every nook and cranny of everybody's home and every environment that they're in. Right. I'm not a dad, so I don't have that level of freak out yet. Right. Right. Which you can't really, nobody can really wrangle that in. Can they like as a parent? No. Right. It's an, it's just an endless amount of God. I hope nothing bad happens any second of the day. Right. Um, and it kind of reminds me of hearing you guys talk about the way my father used to speak to me as a kid. Well, first of all, every day, every day I went to school, I would have to research, recite the same exact things to him. Every day, he would say, why do you go to school? And I would have to say, to learn, to listen, and to obey and then, of course, <laughs> it was like very rich, regimented. You know? I didn't see an and eye roll there; that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> to learn, learn to listen that. and to obey, right? <laughs> so it was like a lot of a lot of whip cracking. And then, uh, and then, of course, every time I go out with my friends, he'd say, "Don't make me sorry. Don't make me sorry," which was basically the like, you know. Keep your decision making in check. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he would also yeah. pull me aside and tell me things like if anybody's driving like an asshole, you know, tell them stop the car. I'm getting out of the f- car right now. Right. You know what I mean? Never be, never, never be worried about speaking up when you mm-hmm. don't like something, mm-hmm. yelling at somebody if need be, pulling right. them out if need be. You know what I mean? He really sort of emboldened me to, uh, Step out, step out first. Really, like call people on their <laughs> first. You know what I mean. Anything that I didn't like, he wanted me to voice my opinion it, aggressively. So that was also part of the upbringing thing. And I, I see listening to you guys talk, I hear why now more right, so than right. ever because it's really based on protection, essentially. Hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think That's- my biggest fear would be did I serve this life as well as I possibly could Mm. to give them the Mm -hmm. best chance of, of happiness Mm -hmm. in the world, not success, happiness. Mm. Like do they, are they, and I loved what you said of like, can they come, Demetri, you said, can they come and talk to me or can I be their person in a time of need? Can they trust me that Mm. much that we have that good of a relationship to Mm. do it? Uh, I love all
3: of your answers. Mm. I'll say this: I've heard, a, I've heard from different parents, and th- this is something I think everyone should just real quick. I think people should keep in mind: it's the communication with the kids. Life is tough for kids, and I know, Gavin, you were just saying. It's, sometimes it's easier for boys. and stuff. Be the one to speak out. And sometimes it's not easy for boys. Be the one to right. speak out. Be the one to say, hey, I don't like this. And that's tough. Mm-hmm. But I, so I think you can't always rely on your kids to have that strength right away to do that. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to get them caught in a, in a situation. And I think some parents have certain ways, things that they do with their kids. Cell phones, they'll say, hey, listen, send me, text me a word, and then I'll call. If you're uncomfortable somewhere, text me. A, we have a code word. So text me a word, and then I'll call and pretend like I need to pick you up. Because it's something for me. Right. The other thing is, you know, something that I'll tell my kids when, it, when it's time. Hey, listen, if you're uncomfortable in a situation, send me a – if you guys are taking selfies, send me a selfie. Have a little code in there. You know what I mean? Have your hand on your ear. If you're uncomfortable in a situation you're at, send the selfie out. And if I see that your your hand is on your ear, then I know you're uncomfortable mm, when you're at. And mm-hmm, we'll get you out of there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's tough for a kid to always just come out and say, hey, I'm uncomfortable here and I don't want to – you know, I'm, I'm out of here, guys. Right, Sure that peer pressure stuff sure. so i think it's important to have that line of communication with your kid where you're like listen you're never alone even though i'm not there you're not alone right we got it we got a system we can you know we'll figure things out
2: mm. beautiful
3: okay i have one last question
1: that's awesome man I, I, that's, beautiful that's i love learning these yeah. things from you mm-hmm. guys because you guys have been down this path we have i have one last question then we got to wrap this up um real quick if you can give me like one sincere most genuine authentic sentence if you can narrow it to that would love it um what is the absolute best part
4: of fatherhood? Uh, I remember when my f- son was born, I was walking down. I'll probably cry. I was walking down the hospital, and it wasn't even the nurse that delivered the baby at the time, but a nurse just in passing. I had all my scrubs on because my wife had a C-section, and, and she was like, what would you have? And I was like, I had a baby boy. And she goes, you're going to have a friend for life. Wow. And it just hits me awesome. every time. Cool. <laughs> yeah. that's Seriously, awesome, really man. Cool. It's like, and it's true. Like I, I love him. Mm-hmm. I love my kids.
1: That's awesome. Thanks, wow. Rick.
4: Dmitri, um, I mean, there's
3: there's a lot of them. I'll just take one similar to that. Is that um, one night I went? I know in the first episode we did here, I told the story where my one of my kids came in yep. and woke me up and told yep. me that they loved me. But one night I was, I walked in there. I got home late. Kids were asleep and I was like, oh man, you know, it's, it's nice, but it's, it's, you know, some days it's good. You know, the kids are asleep, but you had a hectic day whatever. But one, one night I get home and I'm like, they're all asleep. And I was, so I went in there and I just quietly said goodnight to all of them. And I was walking out of the room and I heard, I love you too, Dad."
2: And
3: I was like, oh Oh man, man. like half asleep, but it still came out. And to me it was like, Mm.
1: makes it all worth it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Wow. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, those are great. Both of those. Um,
0: I would say for me, uh, also having my first child, my, um, my folks said to me, you will love that child unconditionally for the rest of your life. And that's, that's exactly how it is. You know, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, you'll always go back. And right. d- It's just, you know, it's, a, it's crazy love for your children. That's awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. That is awesome.
3: Hey, real quick, I want to say, I know we're wrapping up. I just want to give a quick shout out to my sister. Her name's Aleiki Pappas-Weekland. This article, if you're thinking about having kids, or even if you're a parent, it's called Birth of a Parent. Check yeah. it out because I don't give her enough credit. As I said, I'm the last of five kids, and she helped. What's her she name again? Aliki Pappas-Weekland, and it's called Birth of a Parent. Read and, it. and it's yeah. time. I, I need to give back to her because she's, she's been, all my siblings have been fantastic for me throughout my life. But I I, think it's, I can think it can be helpful, and she's writing a book too. So check it out. Great. Awesome. Thank you, man. Wow. Dudes, thank you so much. That was awesome. Me and Brooks
2: are going to go make some babies. (laughs) Yeah, by the way, you can't get pregnant (laughs) sucking toes, so mix it up.
1: (laughs) 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 I thought we made it through an episode with that coming. Uh, But I just want to send love to anybody out there that is a parent. So good. Um, I have so much respect for fathers mothers anybody that is a parent i hope to become one one day gav yeah man i hope you become one too i think you'd be a tremendous father You will brother you too, i thank man. everybody on the uh dimitri um rick thanks for coming in and we want to send our love to ryan and his wife as they're expecting their second so thank you everybody for listening this has been an awesome episode i love Great this one stuff. guys i hope you guys come back next week for another episode of how men think till then take care of one another love one another gav and we'll see you next week
2: see you next week Well done, man. Great job, guys.